Maybe, maybe. Oh, look at that. Technology works. All right. Welcome. Um, it's good to be back. I wasn't here last week. There was obviously a few people here last week. I'm not sure who was and who wasn't. There was sort of the end of, end of the school, uh, end of school holidays, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but big camp a few weeks before that. So it's been a while since I've been here. Uh, and probably most of us have uh, been a while, but it's good to be back with the refreshed family. Um, thanks, Corb, for your intro. I, I had a few of my own. I, like, it didn't take me too long to actually think of too many times when that sort of happened. You know, it's like when you're, um, uh, it's like when you walk into a toilet, like a public toilet, and you think, why are there girls in here? Like, get out of my toilet. And then, yeah, clearly that's, yeah. And you, anyway, get all embarrassed. Um, we're starting up a... Uh, starting up a new series this, this week, four-week four series called Blurred Lines. Uh, now, this, this series is basically, um, it's all about love, sex and dating. Okay? So, if, um, you know, obviously, it's, it's not a bad thing that we're here at Refresh and we can sort of send the kids off and all that sort of stuff and we have a, probably a bit more of an in-depth discussion about that sort of a topic without having to be like, you know, real cryptic and all that sort of stuff. You sort of start talking like in riddles and everyone's like, yeah, I think I know what he's talking about, but we can be pretty straight here and, um, yeah, and talk openly honest and honestly. Uh, this sort of stuff, I guess, is not often talked about in church and if it is, it's often, you know, it's often in the light of um, you bring up something like First uh, Corinthians 6 or something like that where it just says, flee sexual immorality and everyone's like, okay, you know, and that's about it. And that's sort of, we, all, we often get on that, on this topic. But, but today, what I, want to, what I want to talk about and what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks is about a topic that, um, like I said, we probably don't, probably don't publicly all talk about all that much. We probably don't, um, you know, especially in a church setting, although it's always like underlying, but it's, a, but it's a big issue and the stakes are really high. The stakes are really high, I'll tell you why. You think about this. You think about some of the greatest memories that you've had in your life. If you said, if I said to you and sat down each person, stuck a microphone in front of you or asked you to write something down, what's, what's one of your greatest memories? What's just, you know, in life? What, what's some of the big things that you've done that you've really enjoyed? A lot of the time, not every time, but a lot of the time you, would, you might have gone somewhere, you might have travelled or you might have done something, but often it's with a partner. Often it's with a, a close friend. Often it's with your, you know, a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife or, or wherever, whatever it might be, wherever you are in you know, your stage of life. Um, so often those really big things in life, uh, you, you're doing with a life friend. Uh, and similarly, if I asked you, what's your greatest regret in life? What's the, what's the thing that you wish you could go back and change? You wish you nev never had to go through? The thing that, that you wish never, ever happened to you? Again, not everyone, but a lot of us would probably think, well, you know, I was back in high school and there's this guy or it was like, you know, I was at uni and there's this girl and man, it was just, I don't know what I did or why I did it, but like, often it's, often it's the girl-guy thing that, um, that sort of gets us, uh, gets us going and it's, a, it's a big decision and it's a decision uh, and this whole girl-guy thing, it's a decision that, or the decisions that, uh, that really do impact uh, our lives and, and I think it's got some pretty godly connotations to it as well. So I don't want you to be sitting here in your seat all squirming and thinking, oh man, is this like the talk I had, you know, as a teenager and like, you know, that 15 minutes of awkwardness when mum come and sat down beside me or dad like lined me up. And, okay, so I'm not going to talk about like that. I'm not going to get into detail. Like, don't, just don't, you know, just relax. It's okay. Don't, don't get too panicky about that. But, um, but as I said, I guess, I guess we, the stakes are high. In this issue, in this area, the stakes are actually quite high. And for us to live a life um, that's sort of, that's humming along, that's according to what God would love us to have, to have and the sort of lifestyle that God is just 
just he's putting it on the table for us. He's going, please pick this up and take this lifestyle. Take this because this is how I intended it to be. This is what I wanted it to be like. Uh, in order to have that sort of a thing, you know, it's, it's something that, that we have to have a bit of a look at, I think. Um, I see, and we're talking about stakes being high. I'll give you a little bit of an example. Um, when it comes to chaplaincy here at North Pine, uh, I've been here nearly five years, I can honestly say that when I'm talking to students who are struggling, I'm talking about kids who have got some deep, not just sort of in the playground type issues, but some really deep issues, I would nearly suggest nearly, not, not all, but nearly every single one of those kids come from a broken home. So it's something that, it's something that you know what, no, no person ever, ever like goes into a marriage, you know, you're standing there at the, you know, there's a pastor up the front and you get there in your white dress and, you, you know, and your suit and your grooms and all that sort of side and you think, you know, you start going through the vows and somewhere in the vows, someone, you know, that your wife or your partner-to-be slips in the, oh yeah, I hope this works for at least five years type scenario. Like, no one does that, right? Like, it's something that we want to be forever and ever. But saying that, I will also saying that, I want to, I guess I want to mention right now before we get going, that I, we fully recognise that sometimes stuff doesn't work out and there is absolutely, I want to say this really, really clearly, there's absolutely no judgement if that's you or you know someone or it's your mum or it's your auntie or it's your whoever, sister, I, there's no judgement and that we are so grateful that you are here. I just want to say that, like don't think we're bagging people because of decisions they've made in their life. We're talking about what God would love for us to happen in the future and we are, we are there is zero judgement and in fact if someone is pointing fingers at you, then you can, be, you can be assured that just have to look to the examples of Jesus' stories and, and, and Jesus' life where people came to him with that same scenario and he turned around and just said, no way, I accept these people and those people who are judging you are the one that needs to be judged. So I just wanted to say that, I know it's a bit of a heavy start, all right? All right, but just wanted to say that from the start that we are so glad that you are, you know, that you are our family and that you are here with us and, and that we can be a refreshed family that, that supports each other through whatever happens. Um, you know, we all have we all have our regrets. We all have things that don't go quite the way that we had planned. And even you know, even that song that you guys just stood up, you know, that amazing grace. And that's what it's about. Like that's that's the beauty of that's the beauty of being a, you know a Christian. It's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus Christ because we can come with our absolutely shattered and busted lives, um, no matter what area it might be, whether it's this area or something completely different. And we can say, Jesus, like I'm smashed here. I need your help. And He steps in. He says, I'm not here. I'm not here passing judgment, I'm here to, to put a hand out and to, to rescue you from whatever we, we found ourselves in. So, um, so that's, that's the start. Uh, so why, why am I talking about this? Um, and who is this for? Okay. So, like I said before, the stakes are pretty high. And I guess that's why, that's why we talk about this sort of stuff. Like, because, and as a, and as, you know, there's, there's teens in the room, maybe high school students in the room, you know what, it's for you. This, what we're talking about today is for you. Now, I'm, I'm thinking that you're probably, you know, this whole getting married idea or, you know, choosing the, the lifelong partner, it's not on your radar and, and that's good. I'm, get your, I'm betting your parents are saying, good, don't, you know, just, just relax, don't go there just yet, you know. Um, but, but it's something to keep in mind and something that you could actually hone your heels. Yeah, I can see mum just pointing out. Yeah, you listen up, you listen up to Neil. He's um, I can... Uh, as you go through life, to practice this sort of stuff, to actually practice doing the right way and to practice and to, and to develop life skills so that you can live that life that God has intended for you. 
Um, so if you if you so if you you're you're a teen or something you're single and you've got zero zero desire right at this moment to find a lifelong partner, as in you know to to announce to the world I'm getting married, son. If that's you, that's for you. If you are a single who, you know, one day it wouldn't be bad to get married, it's for you. If you're a a person who's dating someone but not not married, this stuff's important for you as well. And even if you are married, even if you're a married person, then I think there's some applications where we can look at what God has in store for us or what God's advice is here for us. And we can look at it and you think, you can probably reflect and you think, yeah, I might have went about that, met, went about that the wrong way a little bit or yeah, I think there's some, still some room here I can improve. So, so no matter who you are, I think there's some, there's some stuff here that in the Bible has for us that can be of incredible value for us, for us all. Um, who's this not for? Ask the question, who's this not for? Well, I'll be honest, if you are the sort of person that is not interested in values or morals, if you're a bit of a player, you know what I'm talking about? Like, this is, this is probably not for you. Um, because what God has is fairly contradictory to what that sort of a person might be. Now, and if you are that sort of person, maybe you could just shelve that away and maybe one day you could use it and it would probably be good if you used it sooner rather than later. But, um, and there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why I say that because, because our past has a way of catching up with us. And what happens in the past, no matter who you are, and, and you can... And, we, all, we can all see scenarios like this where the past catches up with us. Like, it's a real simple one. You don't study, you don't get a good... You know, don't study today, you don't get a good result tomorrow. But if you don't make good choices and, and you make some poor choices and choices that you regret, eventually they catch up with you and eventually you look back and you have to... There's, there's baggage. No matter how... This, there's forgiveness and there's, and there's, like, you can move on and all that sort of stuff, but eventually you, you, your past does have a way of coming into your future. And one day, your present will become your past. Does that make sense? One day, the decisions that you make right now will actually become your past. So if you're going to live a life that doesn't have a lot of regret to it, then making, it's, a, it's wise to make good decisions now because one day, the here and now, will become your past and it will be stuff that you'll have to take into your present and the future. Does that make sense? They're not too like, I know it's spinning the words around a little bit, but the here and now becomes your, your past eventually. All right, now... I feel a bit weird talking about this because I never see myself as the love doctor type of a, you know, of, of a person. I, that Neil Redmond, like, I'm the dumb person in the room where, you know, like, especially here at school or in a school environment where it's like, oh, so-and-so's going out with someone, so, you know, dating someone, and I'm just like, oh, really? Didn't even know they were interested. Like, I'm just like, zero idea on that level. Like, I have to be informed quite verbally, you know, quite like Neil, so-and-so is interested. Oh, okay. I don't pick up the cues, all right? Um, and I'm no romantic, just us, Sarah. Uh, you know, Sarah asked me one time, she said, oh, why don't you buy me flowers? And, you know, why don't you... I just said, well, once you catch the train, you stop running, you know? Like, that was about as good as I got, but that's probably not good advice. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I don't take that advice. I just don't do that. But I'm going to have a shot. There's a reason why... Um, there's a reason why, there's a reason, I guess, why I'm okay in standing up the front here. Uh, not because of who I am, not because of the, the wisdom that Neil Redmond has, but this Bible's got a bit to say on this. And I'm using the Bible, plus a few, uh, plus a few thoughts from, 
from a few people who are cleverer than I am and a few books that we read, but uh, the Bible has some advice that, that's pretty clear on, on this sort of thing. Now, the myth. I'm going to start off with a myth. Now, there's a myth out there and it's pretty, it's pretty entrenched in popular culture. And, and that is the myth that there is one right person for you. And that, that person is, you know, it's just, it's, they're there and it's just one day I'll, I'll meet that right person. I'm going to, you know, I'll look and, and I'll find them and, you know, it might take me six months, it might, might take me six years, but I'm going to find that special one. And when I find that special one, like, everything is going to be okay. And, and the things that I'm not so good at, they're going to be able to, you know, step in and, you know, that tall dark man is just going to come in and, and, and just you know, fix everything or she'll be the one or all that sort of stuff. And it's a, it's a myth that's, that's uh, like I said, it's entrenched in popular culture. Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to play some music, a clip that probably your grandmother listens to. Um, so I didn't hear it on Triple J, just saying. Like, but uh, I'm just going to play a clip and it just typifies what I'm talking about. Thanks, Simo. clip goes on and we'll, I'll play, we'll just leave it just humming in the background there but you know this old buble guy like you know it's just I've just got to find the one you know like it's just the, you know and probably half of you girls are going oh it's such a nice clip you know whatever like you know it's just like and, we just, and the guy's just going what is that like you know but anyway but but this whole idea of there's, there's this guy out there or there's this girl out there and once once we meet and this is the myth, the myth that that once we meet that that everything's that everything's going to be okay um, and, and there's going to be this happy ever, happy ever after type, uh, type ending. Um, E-Harmony, e I was looking up some statistics on E-Harmony in an um, uh, internet dating service. Obviously, most people hear about it on ads on TV, all that sort of stuff. And, and they were boasting something like 11,000 marriages in two years. Um, you know, all these statistics about how they can increase the pool of people that you might be able to meet, uh, all that sort of stuff. So there's a whole, there's this whole economy out there, basically just, now I'm not bagging um, internet dating or whatever, I'm not, that's not what I'm here for, but this concept that, like this guy up here, I mean look at it mate, he is, he is cheering, like look how happy this guy is because he's finally met that person that he's been waiting to meet, like for, I mean look, the party, the party's starting to rage, that he's finally been able to meet um, this, this perfect person that's just going to make all the dreams come true and, and everything's going to be all so sweet and so you know, honky-dory 
after this person, after we can, if I can just, if I can just have that introduction, if I can just meet that person, um, that person's going to be perfect for me, and no doubt that person's going to, you know, think that I'm just absolutely perfect, uh, and this is going to be this, you know, this time in their life where, you know, forever and ever, it's just going to be, um, just, just absolutely bliss. All right, we'll just finish you off this clip. I mean, this is just, this is glorious. I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? Like. There it is. There's the line, right? So I just haven't met that person yet, you know. And as young people, if, if you know, if that's you, you're not married yet, you know, it's just well, you might be looking. I'm not signaling. Um, uh, singling anyone out here, but, but you know, that's just it. You know, if you can just meet that person. And I think that's, that's the myth. And there's a line that I'm going to use, and we're going to use this probably for the next few weeks, and this is it. Um, and I'm going to throw it up there on the, on the screen if we can, Simo. And I'm going to read it, because I've said it a thousand times in my head, and I've written it down, but the tongue is a little, it takes a little bit to get the tongue around. But it's, be the kind of person the person you are looking for is looking for. I'll just give you a few moments to, for that to sink in because it took me a bit to... Be the kind of person the person you are looking for is looking for. Is that making sense? All right, so now we're going to get a little bit correct. So what we're going to do, I'm going to get everyone to say it together, okay? All right, so now I'm, I'm legit, I'm serious, okay? So you're going to have to open your mouth. You have to, something's going to have to come out of your mouth. There's some noise that's going to have to come in your mouth. We're going to say this together. Ready? Be the kind of person the person you are looking for is looking for. Do you want to do that again? I think you should. Ready? Be the kind of person the person you are looking for is looking for. You got your, you got your head around that? Is that working for you? Now, you might already be married, so, so that whole looking for thing doesn't apply, but you could easily put that into your context and you could say, if you're a married person, you know, be the kind of person the person you are living with would like to live with or the person you are married to would like to be married to. Right, so you can easily just put that straight back into, a, into whatever context. But be the kind of person, the person you are looking for, is looking for. Not, not the other way around, not that right person myth, not that, oh, I've just got to find that one person who's perfect for me and then all my troubles will be over. But instead it's actually, what do I have to do about this? And this is where I think, this is the advice the Bible, this is the advice that Jesus comes in, this is the, the advice that the Bible shows us. It don't, don't, don't think your problems are going to be solved by someone else coming to you. But how about you sort yourself out, sort some of your own problems out, and instead of bringing, instead of bringing, or, yeah, instead of bringing problems into a relationship, sort them out before that relationship begins, so that the relationship can bloom in its own right. Um, it's interesting when. When a couple get together, um, and again, I'm no love doctor, right? So I'll just, just, you know, I'm no, I'm no guru on this, and I know there's people in the room. You know, I've talked to plenty of people in the room who have all this sort of thing all sussed out. But, but um, when, when two people get together, there's often this like, you know, woohoo moment, right? They're like, oh man, like, she just gets me, or oh, he's just, he's so cute, and he's just like, he's just the one, and. And, and he, it's just so awesome and, and all that sort of stuff. And there's this, this whole thing. And we often refer to that as, as chemistry. You know, there's just this chemistry between, you know, these two people that all of a sudden, you know, the eyes lock and a bit like old Blue Bay up there before, 
the eyes lock, you know, there's this connection and, and there's this chemistry and all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you've seen it, right? You've, you've probably been, you probably don't want to admit it, but you've probably done it yourself, but you see it in other people and it's more clearly, it's, you know, you can clearly see it in other people, but, uh, you know, when, when two people get together, all of a sudden they're just like, they're just doing everything together and they're just like all, you know, over each other, figuratively speaking, uh, and they're, they're like, you know, spending hours and, oh, we can just talk and talk and talk and there's this, there's this chemistry that goes on. We call it, you know, we often refer to it as chemistry and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's this beautiful thing. But eventually, eventually the chemistry dries up and, yeah, 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 of course, every, every single couple and you did it as well and your grandmother did it as well and probably your great-grandparents, although you don't want to think about them like that, but, you know... They probably said, oh, you know, we, you know, we have this love that's like, you know, it's special, it's different, it's, 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 it's stronger than, you know, everyone else around me, you know, it's like really special. Um, but it is special, but it's probably not a lot different to everyone else. Eventually, it doesn't matter who you are, the chemistry, if there is only the chemistry and nothing else, there's no real substance, if it's only the chemistry, it will dry up. And if it's all about what I can get out of a relationship and what this person does for me, and if there's two people in a relationship like that, they're both like wanting what they can get out of a relationship, that relationship will be sucked dry, sucked absolutely dry in no time at all. And yeah, well, it might go on for a year or two, or it might even go on for a couple of years, and, and sometimes people will move in together or they might even get married, uh, and then the relationship starts to like sort of fall apart a bit. And then, and then this is often what it, where it goes to, the chemistry dries up, they've been living with each other or married for a few years and, and so they think, how are we going to reignite this relationship? So they think, well, let's have a baby. You know, usually it's the, the, you know, the, the female says, oh, let's have a baby. And you think, beauty. So now, like, you're going to have a baby in a poor, you're going to bring a little kid into a poor relationship. And the guy thinks, well, I guess that might work. At least we get some things out of that, just saying. But single, like, <laughs> it's the truth, right? I'm just saying it's true, all right? There's no kids in the room. I'm just saying, see how it goes. But when, there's chem when, there's, when the chemistry dries up, the relationship dries up with it. I've got another, uh, I got another line I want to throw, get Simo to throw, or Coxie, if you can throw that up there on the, uh, on the back screen for us. They're not actually listening, I've caught them out. But this is the line. It's not about finding the right person. Simo, next one, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's not about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. Does that make sense? Not about finding. It's not that myth of let's find the right person. It's about being. It's about who are you. It's about looking to you. It's about if I am that right person, then the relationship will bloom, the relationship will blossom, and things will be much better. Um, and it changes the focus from, you know, the hunt or the seek, you know, that whole, you know, like, let's find, let's find, let's seek. It, changed, it changes the focus from, for, from hunting or seeking someone, you know, that, to becoming that one. And it's very different. Now, I want to, I want to support this. I, want to, I know it's been a long introduction, uh, and don't worry, it won't be, like, two hours for the rest of it, but I guess it's a bit of an introduction to the series and setting up this whole series of, of, of God's perspective on relationships. And I want to go to, if you've got a Bible, I'm not going to put the verse up on the screen, but I'm going to put a few of the, the dot points up there. But I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. 
Now, 1 Corinthians 13, I'll give you just a quick little context. Paul, the, the Apostle Paul, the Guru Paul, uh, he writes to the church of Corinth and he's basically, there's a few things going on and he's, he's trying to show them what love is and he's trying to tell them what, what relationships are all about. Now, he's not necessarily specifically talking about uh, marriage relationships, boy-girl relationships, but what he is, but he's talking about love generally between people. But I think it can really easily apply to what we're talking about uh, here this morning. So, so love is... The first thing it says here, love is patience. Now you start thinking, all right, how do I put patience into a relationship? And instantly when you think of love is patient, it's not, it's not about what I can get. Patience isn't about me getting something. Patience is about me waiting and, and, and respecting the other person. Um, patience is about not me being pushy or not me wanting something out of a relationship when the other person doesn't want that. And you might think, oh yeah, what do you mean, what do you mean? Well, let me tell you what I mean. If you've been dating someone for a while and one person wants the relationship to be physical, the other person doesn't. And one person starts to put pressure on that relationship to be physical. That's not patient. That's not respecting the other person. Love is patient. And if you think about it from your perspective, like from a personal perspective from yourself... Love is patient. Love is respecting the other person. Love is not being pushy. Even in a marriage, you know, talking to the married people now, in a marriage scenario, if you, if you want, you know, the best out of your relationship, then it's not all about you. It's not about, I just want what I want now, but it's about being patient, patient with your partner. And sometimes... You know, if there's two people in a relationship that aren't patient, then in no time at all, there's a whole heap of frustration because that's sort of the opposite of patience. There's this whole, this whole you know, thought of, it's really frustrating when, well, she doesn't want to do it or she won't give me or he won't, you know, sort that out or whatever the issue might be. And, and all of a sudden there's tension and it all gets nasty and, and that's not what God wants. In fact, when we're talking about relationships, and I'll be real honest here, Relationships are probably one of the, the, big, the big targets the devil uses to separate us from God. There's no doubt, because when you're not happy in a relationship, and I'm not, not even talking about a boy-girl, but if there's any sort of tension between your family or your friends, or like all of a sudden, you are, like, it, it, we're just wired up that way. You are, you are down, you are, you know, feeling really smashed. And, and when people... Um, or in that sort of a scenario where relationships aren't working out, again, whether it's a boy-girl, marriage, whatever it might be, or other, same thing, when relationships fall apart, it's real hard to stay connected to God. Not impossible, don't get me wrong, and, and, but it's, it's a, I feel it's a big target the devil, um, the devil has, and it's a pretty easy target often. So, love is patient. Love is, next one, Coxie, kind. Uh, when you think about kindness and you put that into a relationship perspective um, and again, you know, if you're, if you're a 15-year-old sitting here and you think, oh yeah, I'm not into that yet, that's cool, but just put this away. Put this away in the back of your mind and think about this. When you're being kind, it's all about the other person. It's all about how do I show my genuine interest and my genuine love for this other person? Not about what can I get out of it. What can I get from this? 
but how can I put in? How can I show my kindness? Um, or if you're, a, if you're a person, even if you're a person who, who may be dating someone, and you know, popular culture, popular culture sort of says that, you know, if, if you didn't get on with someone or if you didn't have a, you know, a good date, then, you know, just drop and run and, and go to the next person, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but being kind, even if you don't get on with that person, being kind is, is ringing up and saying, hey, you know what, things might not be working out so well, but just want to wish you all the best and we'll see you. You know, just being kind, how do you be kind, how do you sit, love is kind, love is considerate. Um, going out of your way to make the other, pe- other, other person feel valued. Next one, love does not envy. Jealousy, and my guess is, for those people who have been married for a while, jealousy is one of those things that uh, can take over a marriage relationship and a relation, you know, boy-girl relationship. And here's the, here's the reason why. Often, often, if one of the partners is doing really well, uh, successful or something like that, it's, it's easy sort of for the other one to get left behind and then it's like, you know, you'd think, well, wouldn't, in a marriage relationship, wouldn't it be like just all rosy? Wouldn't it be fantastic? Well, you know what? Often, you, it, you see it um, fairly regularly where, where one of the partners will actually be quite jealous of the other person. And once you can be jealous and then there's like, instead of building each other up, it's like, well, sort of tear each other down a bit and, and things go a bit pear-shaped. Love does not envy. Next one, please, James. Love does not boast. I'm better than that. I'm better than, you know, you need to leave that to me. Um, when you're telling a story and, no, no, you haven't got that right. Even in relationships, I'm talking about after the chemistry's gone. Or I'm talking about after that, you know, the, the chemistry period's over. Love does not boast. In a relationship, love does not boast. Love actually builds up the other person. You know, there's not a competition. It's not a competition between two people. It's because if, if there's a competition, it really means someone wants to be a winner. But in a relationship, it's not about one person being a winner. It's about the relationship winning. It's about the two people living living together in harmony that they will be able to build each other up, will be able to um, make the relationship work, not just the individual. And it's interesting because quite often we, we can't get our head around it. It's very difficult to get our head around the fact that the more we give, the better it is for us in a relationship. The more you give to the relationship, the more it actually, the more it actually comes back to us. Love is not proud. Uh, love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. And these are fairly odd, but you just start thinking about these words and how do I put them into a relationship? How do I put them into practice in a real and tangible way? Love is not self-seeking. You know, you're here to make the other person blossom. And again, whether you're like not in a relationship, whether you've, you know, just dating relationship or a newlywed or you've been married for many years, trying to make the other person, trying to... trying to say to the other person, I would love to be able to help you achieve everything that you would love to achieve and to give like that uh, is, it's a very different way of thinking um, than if it is all about, well, you're here to help me make, you know, my career work or make my life work the way that I want it to work. Uh, There's a big one at the end, love, love keeps no records of wrong. Um, Now, if I asked any person here who's been married or in a long-term relationship for a little while, 
Um, have you ever kept records of wrong? And if we're being honest, don't put your hand up, okay? I'm not asking to put your hand up. But if we're being real honest, every person would put their hand up, I think. Uh, that, you know, there's that time when, when, when your partner has a shot at you and instantly you think, well, last week, you know, or last time, or when we... It's real easy to do that. It's real easy to go, well, I'm not the bad one here because you do... All of a sudden, there's breakdown in the relationship. And it's such a... Like, when you look at what the Bible gives us here, um, when you look at the, the advice and you start looking at that list, I mean, in some ways, you just think... Stuff. Who could do all that? Like that's that's pretty. But but start working towards that. And like I said before, if you're only if you're only you know you're a teenager, high school student, whatever, and you you're not in a relationship yet, that's fine. That's cool. Think about this stuff though. And when you do enter a, a relationship, even if it's not like fully serious to start with or whatever it is, you know, practice this stuff. Practice this stuff. The more you practice this stuff, the better it will be for later on when you you know when you're looking seriously at getting married and when you do actually get married. Or if you are dating. Look at this stuff now, not later. Or if you're in a marriage relationship, have a little reality check. Where are we at with that? Is that stuff I take, you know, take on board or is it stuff that mm, I haven't looked at for a while and, yeah, you know, the Bible's probably right on this matter. It's, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's real stuff. It makes real difference in real lives. And um, for us to be in a situation where where we can live a, a relationship live, and live lives the way that God wants us to live uh, can, be pretty, can be pretty amazing. But at the same time, obviously, like I said before, the stakes are pretty high and if, and if things start falling apart, then it's, it's tough. It's, it's devastating. Um, fairy tales. You know, we talked about fairy tales. We talked about meeting the right person. You know, if we, if we talk about children's fairy tales or, you know, novel-y type fairy tales, you know, every book or every, you know, every little fairy tale, it's, it's, all, it's nearly always the same plot, different characters but the same plot and that says a guy or a girl and, and somewhere there's destiny, somewhere there's this, there's this, we need to meet up and, and through whatever trials, whether it's the ugly stepsisters or stepmother, I don't know, whatever it might be, but through whatever the circumstances, eventually, you know, the Prince Charming meets up with whoever and and it's always, 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 the ending of a fairy tale is happily ever after. They all lived happily ever after. Um, but I'd like to challenge that today. I think biblically we'd like to challenge that. From a God perspective, we'd like to challenge that. And say it's not about who we meet. It's not about that when someone I meet is going to fix all my problems and it's going to make my life better. But how do I become the person who I'm looking for would be looking for. How do I be like that? And let's use some of these things as a bit of a, a bit of a guide, a bit of a test, I suppose, and, and, a, and something that we can sort of overlay our life with and say, are we stacking up with this stuff? Are we, are we living for the other person or are we living for ourselves? And what difference would it make if I maybe did a little bit more of that and had a little bit less of me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so very much for the way that you um, intended us to be. Lord, we, we all do stuff up in all various ways and we're not here to talk about that, but we're here to say thank you. You know, your amazing grace, how sweet that sound, you know, that saved a wretch like us. No matter what we've done in the past, that you have forgiven us, that you have, uh, are able to forgive us, that you are, are there for us, that you are just willing us to put 
um, our faith and trust in you that you can drag us up into something much, much better. And as we go forward, as we, as we move on in our life, may we, truly, may we truly think about the way that we do relationships. May we truly think about how can I become a better partner, better boyfriend, girlfriend, husband or wife or whatever it might be to, to those people around us. Um, again, just want to thank you for the advice you've given it, that it's so much better than the wisdom that we often get from our culture and I pray that we can stick real close to it, not because we think it's boring or anything like that but because it's just way better than anything that we could come up with in our own. Thanks Lord, I love you so very much, Amen.